Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. We all know the cry room too well at church, the place we don't want to go. But feel we have to because of our situation. As Catholic families, many parts of our life can feel like a virtual cry room. We're stuck and don't know how to get out. Host Joe Holt and John Cox will discuss these current challenges affecting today's families. And provide practical solutions so you are no longer stuck in the cry room. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. I am John Cox with Joe Holt. And the amazing the, Joe Holt. The, and we'll explain why later. I'm so amazing. <laughs> and humble, too. <laughs> and we You're are, amazing, too. Thank you. Yeah. And oh. so is our guest. <laughs> Who's our guest? Why don't you, our guest is Dominic. <laughs> hello, guys. Yeah. So Dominic is a senior at a local Catholic high school. I'm not going to tell you which high school because they are... Um, you know, our rivals. So I'm just not so, going to give them so the what, glory. what school do your kids go to? They go to Regis. We go to Regis. And yeah. who's the rival of Regis? Well, see, then I'm going to end up saying it. You see, <laughs> no, no, he goes to Mullen. He's a Mullen kid. Uh, so he wants to say, go Mustangs. Go, go ahead and say it. Go Mustangs. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, Dominic, he has, uh, his family's been a member of the parish community. And um, we just recently found out that he has a podcast with his friends. And, you know, so I thought it'd be fun to bring him into the studio, have a little bit of fun with him. And I think the topic is appropriate for that. Yes, yes, actually. But before we get into uh, the topic, which yep. is uh, Joe's favorite book, let's go ahead and start with prayer. So, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for all your gifts you've given us. We thank you for this time together. We ask that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you guide us and direct our thoughts, words, and deeds, and that we may always speak the truth. Um, help this to inspire those people out there who need to recognize your healing touch and your love. And we ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Okay, so John had asked me last week. We talked about our our favorite book. Favorite book. Well, your your favorite book. Yeah. Right? So I have another book with me. So we're just going to talk about every book ever Ugh. I read. No, I'm just kidding. <gasps> you ever see this book? It's oh my gosh, this is providential. Oh, it is. Oh no! <laughs> Holy cow! Okay, because look what's on my phone. Jose Escriva. Jose yes. Maria Escriva. So um, on our Facebook, I had asked all of our followers, what your favorite book is. And one of our listeners, Tracy Eddy, she had commented and snapped a picture of her book, oh. which is The Way, Furrow the Forge. <laughs> and then John comes in here saying, I've got a book to share, and it's The Way. Yeah, by Jose. That is just it amazing. It's definitely providential. I don't check out Facebook, so this was definitely providential. But I love this book because it's, it's, it's like a whole book of pithy quotes that St. Jose Maria Escriva uh, talks about. And I, I keep this by my desk. So when I'm stuck with an email or I'm stuck in a situation, I don't know what to do. I just open the book and get advice. So you plagiarize from his words. And I don't plagiarize. What I just other people advice. need to hear. So let's, say, let's, let's see what St. <laughs> Jose Escriva has to say about our podcast. Is it like the magic eight ball where you kind of open up yeah. a page? and so just okay, just randomly opening. Okay. And here we go on number 365 that he has here. Okay. He says this. If you feel an impulse to be a leader, this should be your aim, to be the last among your brothers and the first among all others. So just remember that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
it'll make more sense why I said I'm amazing later. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to <laughs> glow in myself above everyone else. So, and just also too, <laughs> just so if you if you're listening, there's a really good movie on. Uh, I think it's still on Amazon Prime, but they made a um, a movie about Saint Jose Escriva and um, everything he did, and it's called There Be Dragons. So it's called There Be Dragons, and it's a beautiful movie, one of my favorite movies. Um, and I think it's still on Amazon Prime. Very well made. You know how you have Christian movies, which are kind of cheesy at times? Sure. Yeah. This is not cheesy at all. It's actually a really okay. good movie. So, one. Okay, so here's, here's a little setup. All right. So John shared his book last week. And then John said, okay, Joe, you're next week. Right. You need to share your book. And I've been hounding her for the whole week. What's your favorite book, Joe? What's and and I book? said, well, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Here's yeah, the reason she's why. Stalling. So here's my confession. <laughs> here's my confession to everyone. My confession is up to this point, I really haven't read that many spiritual books. Okay. I've read the Bible a couple of times. The whole thing, all the way through. The whole thing. Wow, that, that's impressive. I okay, haven't well, even hey. done that. That is very impressive. Thank you. Okay, so I've read the Bible, but not many spiritual books. Most of my books, as I said before, if it's not a novel or it's mm-hmm. a leadership book, uh, something on parenting, mm-hmm. how do I raise kids who are brats? No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, th- that's kind of what I've been focused on. So when you gave me this challenge, please pick a spiritual book. I went back and looked at my bookshelf and said, I really don't. There was one book there and that's what you picked. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Dominic, do you have any good spiritual books? Um, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to remember what books I've read. Um, Cause like the thing is I like to go in the uh, parish library and like take out a couple books and see what I like. Oh, okay. Um, And some of the ones I've read are, um, I read, I've read part of The Case for Christ. Oh, okay. Um, I read The Case for Jesus by Brant Petrie. Okay. Okay, he's uh, totally showing me up right now. He is. He, mean, yeah. He is Good a job, high Dominic. school student, and he's making me look pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Which brings a smile to John's okay, face. Sorry, sorry. Anyways, okay, Justin, what was, what was the book that you picked? Sorry. Okay, so let me finish telling my story. Okay. So here's my story. I looked at my bookshelf, and I, and I just see all these leadership books and novels and then there's been some spiritual books people have passed on oh you've got to read this and i've always been just so busy to push it off and then i looked at this one book that was on my shelf and it brought back some good memories for me because my third year here on staff i was asked to take over the high school confirmation program Mm -hmm. remember i do not have a degree in theology my experience i i have a degree in psychology marketing The whole reason I even came to the church was because I was being obedient to the Lord. Because out of desperation, out of complete surrender, the Lord told me that I needed to go to the church, teach and write. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand what that meant, and I was just trying to be obedient. So still, at this point, I'm still trying to figure out this journey that he has laid out for me. And I was leading the class, and I stumbled across this book. And the book is called Win It All by Justin Fatiga. And I read it. So this is the first spiritual book. I ever read and I felt it really changed my life and it changed my perspective, me as an adult. And here are a couple of the things. So first of all, a little history about Justin Fatiga. He's the founder of Heart of Nails Ministry. He had a show on EWTN. He had a a show on HBO. He's from the Northeast. He lives in Syracuse, New York. And this guy is a very loud Italian who loves his Catholic faith. 
And he talks with his hands. He talks hey. with his hands. Hey, it's and he not, talks about the spaghetti. Yeah. You know, so, and uh, yes, what I kind of good spaghetti hands. it is? Who has better spaghetti? <laughs> okay. He he loves his family, good. and he loves to give presentations to teenagers. So that's a little bit about Justin, but his book it's very easy to read, mm-hmm. easy read. And I found it was really helpful as an adult to read it, not just to give it to the kids to read. Mm-hmm. And, and here's, here's why. There's a lot of messages in here. But one of the main things that Justin says, his motto is, you are amazing. So now you know why I said that. I'm amazing. You're amazing. Dominic's amazing. <laughs> his mother's amazing. We're all amazing. Right? Sure. You not think you're amazing? <laughs> sure, Jesus okay. loves you. You are amazing. <laughs> Jesus, me. Oh, sure. <laughs> so what, what he tries to do is he just tries in his own writings, the different books that he's written, to give mm-hmm. kids a lot of hope through struggle. Mm-hmm. So when you had asked me, bring in your, your, your favorite spiritual read, I thought, and I heard the prompting of the Lord just tell me, well, what about teenagers? What do they have? Mm-hmm. So let me first say, you know, because Dominic, what turned you into spiritual reading? What do you mean by that question? Can you explain a little bit more on that? Sure. So when did you start reading books, spiritual books? Um, honestly, it was just kind of, I think at the moment, I, my memory's kind of weird, so I don't know, but sure. I'll try to bring it out as fast as I can. Um. <laughs> I think I started reading spiritual books just as like, um, like, cause I'm always in the back of the church or not really always, but, um, sometimes we'll be sitting there with nothing to do and I'll be like, well, I don't want to be on my phone too much or something like that. So I'll be like, Hey, why not just check the library and uh, like lose myself in a book for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then did you like to read Dominic? Is that something you enjoy? Yeah, I've okay. been reading. I mean, I like to joke that I've been born with a book in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I taught myself how to read the old works. So it's been a whole part of my life. So good. Um, so, yeah, I just started reading books in the library and I'd like take check them out for a little bit, kept them for weeks and then read them and then went back, got a couple more, read them, kept going back. OK. We were talking about the library last week, so yeah. this is proof that people are going to the library, borrowing and returning books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the returning part, but I assume they're part. Dominic's returning them, it Thank sounds God. like, so hey, right, we've so got he hope. Have to go to confession. <laughs> You're in good shape. <laughs> You're very good shape. Okay, so probably, would you say like a couple of years that you've been doing um, this, or the past year, or? Yeah, the past couple of years. Okay, that's really great. I, I think it's inspiring Especially that you're doing teens. all that. Yeah. And you were just turned on to, hey, I have nothing to do. Oh, there's a library. I'm just going to go and explore and see what that's all about. Yeah. Praise be to God. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Good. Come over to my house and have my kids read. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to get them. They, they, yeah. They have a lot of opinions, but. So the main theme of this book is okay. called, you know, of win it all. Okay is who are you giving your very best for? And I think that I can think back to my childhood and it almost seemed I was so frustrated in my own life that I didn't feel it was worth fighting for. I don't know if you probably didn't feel that way when you were in high school. It seemed like you had a better upbringing than I did, John. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I was very blessed. I had two great parents um, and like all of us, 
you know, I, I'm, as I grew older and had kids of my own, I'm a lot less harsh to my parents <laughs> and judgmental <laughs> of them because I think everybody I, is. I, it's amazing how much, um, yeah, they actually knew and how, how foolish I was during those years, but no, I had great parents. They were, you know, they went through life in the spirit and both had amazing conversions. And I think that's what influenced me a lot in, in my growth in my high school years. So Dominic, what would you say about all the friends or the kids, you know, Mm-hmm. Do they feel that you know, that they know who they are? Do they feel that they are life they looking is too for difficult? Their, their, yeah, their identity. Yeah, like are they able to find their identity? Because I, I hear that's a big thing with teens is like trying to find quote your identity. Um, I think I think there's a bit of both. Like you have some that are completely like, okay, I know who I am. I know who I know what I'm gonna do, or not really what I'm gonna do, but um, I guess they like. They have a firm standing in knowing who they are. And then there are some that are like, I have no clue what's going on. I'm just trying to f- get my way. I'm just trying to get through my day. And um, it's it's 50-50. It really can, I, can go anywhere. Yeah. Can, can I tell you a secret, Dominic? <laughs> I'm 44. I still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so so those, those, those friends of yours, those teenagers of yours who think they got to figure it out, it's a lie. <laughs> Okay. No one knows what the heck. Joe, have you figured it out yet? Yes. Okay. Well, Joe is the only one I know who figured it out. The rest of us are just winging it until, until we retire and see what God has planned for us. Oh my gosh. But you know, here's the real question. You know, when you say people know who they are and some don't know who they are. When I ask that question, I'm referencing that you are a child of God. And coming from a Catholic high school, and this is not to poke fun in your high school because this is how it is in every Catholic high school. And I feel like I know what your response is going to be. But do children, do teenagers, do you feel really know and believe that they are an adopted child of God? Like, you know, because once you know that and you can identify that that's who you are, you intentionally live your life in a different way. Um. Because I think many teenagers uh, think of their faith as an external thing, not as something that's intimate and personal to them. And because of that, that stirs no transformation in how they behave. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, I do know some people that act differently and I guess take it more personal. But um, I mean, just like anyone else, it's not necessarily as personal as some other people are. What what do you, what would you say are some I'm putting Dominic on the spot a lot. I did not prepare him for anything. Right. Please know you're doing a great job. <laughs> it, what what are some big pressures that kids have right now in high school? Um geez, so many. And it doesn't have to be you. I know your mom's yeah. listening. So it Here doesn't have to be <laughs> Don't tell his mom. Mom, mom, this has nothing to do with Dominic. He's just going to talk about other kids that they've struggled with. Okay, so what are some things other kids have struggled with? Um, GPA, mental health, um, family, yeah. I think family. What else? I hear um, mental health's a big thing now. Yeah, like anxiety and depression are pretty much like real, like at the top. Yeah. Um. What else? Why do you think they have that? Why do you think that the depression and anxiety exists for youth Um, today? I think think it's because there's just 
so much going on in our world that it's hard to decipher what's going on. And like you have, you know, the stuff that's going globally, not even to mention like the the virus, the riots, protests and whatever else. And mm. there's the politics, what side do you fall on that? And then there's debates or not really debates, but people screaming at each other um, and trying to one up. Mm. Um, and then there's just stuff that, uh, makes us anxious every day like you know where are you going to college what are you going to do mm -hmm. do you mm -hmm. feel as your life has any meaning does does what you do matter and am i do i have meaning or am i just here just to exist and yeah i'm pretty sure i could go on but yeah that's what the, is the meaning of my existence why am i here asking those deep deep questions that right. you're younger you don't ask but you start to ask it during your teen years that's i remember that's how i had my conversion was asking those very questions and in my own conversion, thinking either I exist for a reason for God or there is no God and I exist for my own self and trying to deal with those struggles as well. So it sounds like basically what you guys are struggling is nothing new than what we've struggled with, only it's a lot more intense because you have the news, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, Instagram, all this stuff like beaten down on you. Like when I, we were kids, we never had to worry about any of that stuff. Uh, but when it's constantly in your face, it's got to be a lot, of, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress for you guys. Well, yeah. And I think just going along the same lines of our conversation from last week, mm -hmm. remember how we were talking about self-help and the real problem is a lot of people are trying to help themselves mm -hmm. without including Christ in any of it. Yeah. I would say that's the same thing about teenagers. You have all these struggles, you have all these issues and the kids just try to find a solution to their own problem. Would you say that's fair? Mm -hmm. You know, whether that is they've have, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. And they get themselves involved in things that they shouldn't just because they feel that's the solution to their problem. But they can receive the hope and grace if they invite God into their life. Yeah. And, you know, we can't have the grace because they don't know who they are. And if you can't, you know, identify yourself with Christ to then invite him in, then you're missing out on that whole opportunity and you might continue to fall down the slope. Until you reach out for that. Yeah. And that's a lot of what he was talking about in, in the this, book. In this book. Yeah. Okay. Recognize your importance. Recognize the importance of, of sacrifice and commitment. We all need to sacrifice and make a commitment for Christ. Yeah. And I, that's, that's the thing. Sacrifice means love. And so one of the things a lot of people struggle with is the definition of meaning of love. Like if I asked you the question, what is love? And we had a hundred people in this room. We'd probably get a hundred different answers. Sure. And the simple answer to what love is is by nature sacrifice. Right. Um, how do, you know Jesus says this in the scriptures? Um, you, there's no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And it's always about sacrifice. And the greatest act of love, as we know, is Jesus dying on the cross. So every time we look at the crucifix, we see this beautiful act of love. How do we know we love our children? It's not by spoiling them, although there are times we might do that, <laughs> but it's when it's a real sacrifice, when it's actually painful for us as parents, when like, because as you know, right. I went camping this week. It was hard uh, for my wife <laughs> I and I, I was like, why? I'm poor Mandy, yeah. poor Mandy. Oh, Just the stories you even told me. I feel yeah. so sorry yeah. for her. She's up for canonization <laughs> when, when she dies living with me. Um, but yeah, that's because we, we got an argument that afterwards and she's like, you think this is easy for me? I'm like, yeah, why are we going camping? It's like more work going camping than this for me to go to my job. Right. Why am I doing right. this? We talked about that. Yeah. It's like the, the work to pack up, the work to unpack and then yeah. you have to do it all over again. And especially you only went for a couple days. Yeah. It feels like once you unpacked everything, you were yeah. packing it back up to go home. It was. So, yeah. so I'm whiny. I, I was being a jerk. Yeah, you were. But I it's was. Okay. <laughs> 
But the point was, it was an act of love yeah. because it was sacrificial. If it was easy for us. What's well, a sacrifice when you don't whine, John? And you were whining. For that was, it was the greatest sacrificing act of love for her to put up with me. Okay, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Amen to that. I was not very loving. I, I had to go to confession afterwards. You know, that's a really good point because I think as parents, we don't recognize the sacrifice that we even need to make as parents or to understand and recognize when our kids are making a sacrifice. And how are we supposed to ask our kids to make these sacrifices for Christ if we're not doing it ourselves? Or just sacrifices in general. I think that's the yeah. hard part. We're used to spoiling people and our kids at times when they're younger and then um, trying to f have them figure out life. And that's a sacrifice. Well, let's be honest. Many of us want the easy button. I mean, how do many you want of the us... easy button, Dominic? Do we, we don't have the easy button in here. I know we should actually get one. That would be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as much as I'd like to be the one person that says, yeah, I don't want the easy button. Yeah, I want the easy button. Yeah, I, we all do. We, we all can admit that. Yeah. And I think when we ask for the easy button and we always seek out the easy button, we miss out mm -hmm. on the other opportunities along the way. Because we need to show our kids that we will sacrifice our time. Right. And, and sacrifice a lot of things just to invest in our faith. Yeah. If you're not doing it yourself, there's no way that you can expect your kids to do that. Right. And I see families that come into my office, they're frustrated. Parents are frustrated that their kids are no longer interested in going to church. Yeah. Well, it begins at a young age. I, th I think that's one of the things, we, you know, we talk a lot about teens, but younger kids, it starts from a young age. I know when our kids were younger, we would say our bedtime prayers and we had that down to a, a rhythm um, and they know all their prayers and we started very young. So this is what's so important for those of you who have younger children start incorporating the faith into the house when they're younger so it's natural to them so it doesn't feel awkward or weird when they become teenagers like for us the rosary well we did it at a young age now let me just say this don't do it the way i did it it did not go too well. <laughs> what did you do uh yeah uh they were supposed to know the rosary at the age of five and all the no i'm just joking John, seriously <laughs> no but it was hard but we prayed because my attitude was like mom and i would pray the rosary and they grow to learn it naturally and that's what happened just sure. after the years of right. mom and i praying it occasionally we're on and off we weren't consistent but the good news is now is that like we know we pray the rosary at 7 45 every morning like they don't ask, well, why am I doing this? Why do I have to do this? They realize since they've been doing it their whole life, it's just something we do. Now, there is a reason we do talk about why and why it's important. But there's not a sense of defiance there because we started off when they're young. So, you know, those those who have young children, like when do you start bringing the faith immediately? Just it should be something that's natural, something that's in the home. If it's not natural between you and your spouse, that's when you start working on that, praying together with each other um, and, and praying the rosary, divine mercy chapel, it's something. So when they get older, it's not something just weird. Like, why am I going to church on a Sunday? And then we have our, secular life the rest of the time it's our catholic faith is always there in the house outside of the house in the conversations in our car in the church so when they go to church it's not something foreign to them it's just part of their culture and what they do it's the consistency oh man you're awesome <laughs> a plus you're okay oh gosh so john's yeah. gonna replace me now yeah. dominic is <laughs> right, the co-host of stuck in the cry room <laughs> consistency that's what brings stability and peace yes
Consistency is very important, but I think there's another element that's equally important, and that is making sure that you introduce your children to the person of Jesus Christ. And what I mean by that is don't make mass or your faith life just something that you have to do or that you're supposed to do with no reason. Actually introduce them into the reason to why you desire to go, why you desire that prayer time. What has Jesus done for your life personally? What was your life before? What were you struggling in? What was that moment? Mm -hmm. And how is your life now transformed? That witness is so important because the kids can relate and then they can build a relationship with Jesus themselves instead of just the, you know, exercises of the Catholic church. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like this abstract person that you've never met before. Right. Exactly. Now I'm going to, I'm going to put your mom almost on the spot here. (laughs) She's not going to answer. So you're going to answer for her. (laughs) Has your, has your mom and dad, um, and I know both your parents have, have they shared with you their relationship with Jesus? Yes. Roughly. I mean, recent. Yeah. You don't have to give me, Dominic, I'm not asking for the exact day, second time. August 21st, 1920, 28. Okay. Like Um, in high school, middle school, when you were young, um, I think it's kind of just been like little bits and pieces, and I would say it started probably middle school upwards. Yeah, and would you say that that had had an impact on your life? In what way? I mean, before before they shared that with you, did you have a different perception of the Catholic Church or you know your faith? And then after hearing that and hearing that message and seeing how they practiced it, that just changed your heart to see things differently? I guess it was just more like the more we did it and I guess the, the more interaction we had with it, it was just kind of, I guess I eventually saw the importance of it. And I saw that even though I did have my moments of why do we have to do this? Why do I need to go and all that stuff? It was kind of like, I might struggle with it, but you know what? I'm just going to do it and I'm just going to. See what happens, pretty much. And what happened? Um, or what is happening, I should say. <laughs> I want a theological dissertation on that question. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Heavens no. to Betsy. How many pages? Let me put it in a simple. What, is, what fruit has been born from your perseverance? Would you say good fruit? Yes. And then, do you have anything specific in mind? I've just been more open to things that, like, I've been doing volunteer work and other places. Like, we're doing stuff at Regina Cayley. We've been like going, we have gone to the Christ in the city and helped out there. Um, just and then just even personally, I've done I've become more open and I'm more um, open. What else was I looking for? Um, just been different. I get just like for lack of a better word. Okay. Well, that's good that you can notice that in yourself with all of those changes. And I think for a lot of kids, especially where this book brings hope for them, is there's times that we recognize that we're screwing up. You know, we're making a lot of bad choices. I made a ton of bad choices in high school. I mean, I could probably just write like a terrible novel on all of that. That's a book I'd run. Uh, no, yeah, maybe not. Think, maybe yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't, <laughs> I'll save you the trouble and, <laughs> and tell you a short version later. But, you know, that's a mess. And our lives, we can look at it, are very messy. Even as adults, we can look back at it. At the time when I read this book, I had not dealt with my past. I'm still trying to deal with my past, but he gave me the hope and inspiration to recognize that my mess can be my message. You can take your sin, go to confession, 
And from that, make it your message of how Christ can be hope to the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So I think not only for kids to read this book, but also for parents to understand your children and how you can be a better model for faith by reading it. There's also the idea of writing letters to your kids. Whenever you see them, you know, doing something great or making an investment in their faith, either let them know, I'm really proud of you. I see how much you're praying or I see how much wisdom you showed in that example. Invest in them, spend the time because a lot of parents were so busy today. We're busy. I hear the stories. I see it with my kids' friends' parents. Busy. They're not home. They're not investing in their kids. They're preoccupied with other things. Well, even you and I, I know my wife and I, we both work full time and like we're trying to homeschool our kids while we're not even there. I mean, that's, I don't know how we're going to pull it off, but we've been trying to do that because at this point with the whole COVID situation, we have nothing to lose. And, um, but the good news is I look at our kids and, you know, they're open to all this. And so it's, it's been great and a blessing, but that's only because again, we've started young bringing the faith into the house. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Thank you so much, Dominic. <laughs> yeah, no problem. For coming and taking all of our heat in here. <laughs> you did a great job. Yeah, you did. Very proud of you and your faith and the commitments that you've made to it and the investments. And do you want to give a little shout out at all for your podcast? <laughs> yes, I have a podcast. I don't think it's meant for everybody. He told me it's a little bit about it. It's definitely very niche. I will say that. <laughs> niche? What does niche mean? Like, like towards a specific group, not necessarily group, but okay. like a. It's yeah. a specialized, specialized. Kind of, it's not for everybody. It's not yeah. for everybody. It's yeah. Is it, it what's it rated G or, <laughs> uh, I would say it's, uh, let's just say random. Okay. It's, it's random. All right. Very okay. Random. So it's not for, not for little kids. No, it's okay. not for little kids. All right. And it's something about tacos. Tacos. Yeah. Tacos. Taco but you cat. know what? But, but here's the thing. It's, it's great today that youth feel empowered. Yeah. They feel empowered to do something to lead to not only discover your own interests, but to reach out to other people. And it sounds like with your podcast, you're definitely reaching out to your community at school yep. and your friends are having a great time with it. And I know as I've seen you around church, you definitely keep Christ on your shoulder and in your heart. So Absolutely. keep doing that and you're doing a great job. Amen. Yeah, but thank you so much all for listening to Stuck in the Cry Room. We look forward to sharing our stories with you next time. Amen. God bless. Take care.